Is it okay for Christians to smoke weed? Ooh. Christian smoking marijuana. Marijuana. Is this a thing that's okay? What is up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to episode two. The Uncomplicated Podcast. How do you think it's going so far? So far, so good. Last One week, episode was better than we thought, there you and go. Uh, we'll keep doing it. A lot of it. good feedback. A lot of good feedback. It was funny because we started this last week, and I te- I text our creative director like, "What would it look like to start a podcast tomorrow?" And then we borrowed his equipment. We got it happen. And then here's what here's what I added today. I texted my friend Eric. Yep. Eric, where you at, bro? Eric, are you here today? Hey guys, I'm right here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hands down, one of the smartest, most yep. analytical just research guys that yep. I know. And I was like, man, I'm going to need you on the keys, bro, doing some Googling, <laughs> depending on what questions come in. And by keys, you're not meaning piano. You're meaning keyboard, like exactly. computer. Exactly. Yes, if I need it on the yes, keys, yes. I'd have you. On yeah. the keys. So maybe, maybe on the third week, we'll maybe add I'll, some piano we'll keys. We'll have like a Each week, going to keep pad, adding something. Some keyboard pads. Then it'll sound real romantic and, and great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's get into... Okay, first of all, if you... I added... Uh, Eric to the team today. If yep. you want to join our team of volunteers making this thing happen, email me team at justicecoleman.com and we'll see if you can help join either our research team or nice. our team. We got four or five people in the office today making this happen. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. Yes. I'm telling you, so many of you guys did that. And then Thank it just, you. what happens when people subscribe? When people subscribe, the 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 news goes out, the word goes out, um, where people, it's visible to more people. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. hopefully it'll help some people uh, unpack some things in their life. I always feel sleazy when I'm like, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. It's just, but well, the maybe it's is, that voice you're using when you say it. <laughs> But the reason why is because, it, you know, when people subscribe and stuff like that, it, it, it ranks your search ratings up. Right. And the whole the whole point of this podcast, because mm-hmm. we already do another podcast every week. Yep. This one is we want to build a catalog of answers to questions about how to keep faith uncomplicated. So yeah. what are people searching on YouTube? What are they asking that's about life or about the Bible or about whatever, you know, how can we keep it uncomplicated for them? We don't, we don't think that the Bible's complicated or God's complicated or faith's complicated. We think people are. Right. <laughs> and we're the ones who well, complicate it. Also, it could be such a resource to people. Like, I have friends in my life that have questions about yeah. things, and sometimes I don't have the answer. So when there's a video I can send them to help them figure that out, that's really helpful. So if any of these videos are helpful to you, send them to a friend that maybe is going through the same thing and trying to find some answers. And hopefully it's a catalog of resources that you can use. And what um, about people who have questions right now about topics that are particular to the issues ooh, they're facing today? Uh, put them in the comments. We... uh would love to tackle some of those questions that help you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. First question. Here All we go. Right. Drum roll. Is it okay for Christians to smoke weed? Ooh. Christian smoking marijuana. Marijuana. Is this a Mary thing Jane. that's okay? Um, What's your experience with smoking weed, Maria? Smoking weed, marijuana. My head immediately goes to high school. Right. So I went to back when you were a stoner, (laughs) right? Back when I was a teenager, hip hop. Shout out your high school. What high school did you go to? What's up, North Hollywood High School? Dude, if you know about if you know about North Hollywood High School, dude, you know what? Don't hate on my public school, you little private school boy. First of all, did you go to public school or did you go to a magnet school for super smart people? LAUSD from K through twelve. Shout out to LAUSD. I'm sorry, I didn't go to Christian. You went to the. You gotta have the highest IQ to get in school. I did go to a magnet school, and that was very unique. So, were you the prom queen? I was not i was a homecoming princess okay um, but i was not homecoming prom- princess was like not literally like personally like seriously <laughs> been hanging out with our six-year-old too much she talks princess. like that um i thought you were prom queen you weren't prom queen i was not prom queen okay all right you were oh incorrect. you planned the prom i did plan the prom yeah i'm a planner um so high school i went to a magnet school which was for highly gifted children so the kids i went to school with were literal geniuses like my friends now um have developed products in the apple store yep. they run multi-million dollar companies yep. lobbyists like you name it yep. they're super not intimidating successful. at all to nope. date you uh <laughs> at all when you're clearly smarter than me so my friends as were, were really smart i don't really know how i got in others but anyway well um, your school did people at your school smoke weed um absolutely <laughs> let me tell you this story so 
Um, when I think of weed, this is where my mind goes to. We were probably in 10th grade, okay, maybe. And so I've got these brainiac friends. Like these are, we're nerds, okay? There's no other, yeah. we, we're weird socially, really smart, um, just nerds. So maybe not where your mind goes with like a stoner person because uh-huh. these people are just so brilliant. Um, but I, ha- we had a horticulture garden at the school and in conjunction with our English class, we would spend time in the garden. I just want to stop right there and it, point out that you're already deconstructing stereotypes about people who smoke weed. Well, cause this is smart people. This is smart, right? smart, brilliant people that so, 20 years later are yeah. r- running the world. So, um, three of my friends unbeknownst to me at the time, um, as we were gardening, actually planted marijuana on a public school <laughs> campus yes. in the garden. I know this story. And you know this story <laughs> because um, 20 years later, I recently got together with a lot of my graduating class at our house. And you were told this story and now they by have- the people that planted <laughs> the marijuana. <laughs> and now they have... Millions of dollars coming in from they all of their pharmacies. All of their dispensaries. No, no just <laughs> kidding. They they actually don't do anything with marijuana now, but went as far as to not just smoke it or, you know, this is on a public school Dude, property. Grew it at school. Grew it at school. In class. So the word got out eventually, right, that this was happening. Um, so it finally made it to uh, the administrative staff yeah, that yeah, this yeah. was happening. And they uh, obviously Do you got in jail? trouble. What happens in the 90s? Like, what year was this? Gosh, I graduated 01. So this is probably like 1999. Dude, Eric, what happens? <laughs> Shout out to Eric, who's on the keys. Dude, do a research for me. What happens when you get caught growing weed in 1999? On what, your school campus. Yeah, what <laughs> happens? You know, dude, I think things that happened at, on LAUSD campus mm-hmm. or on a college campus, isn't that isn't that like federal property or isn't that like something? It, I'm sure. Uh, dude, I got in a fight one time on a college campus and they were like threw the book at me because right. they're like, you can't, when it happens on a campus, right. our government property or whatever, it's even worse. So I would imagine... That that's a story for another time. That, <laughs> that 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 I imagine would be you should be your your friend should be going to prison for something like this. Yeah, um, I or should be at the time. That at was the time, the, that was the criminalization of marijuana. So they got in trouble. They got expelled. Had to go to detention. Um, they <laughs> weren't allowed to come to school for a minute. Um, and it's interesting. I I didn't remember all the details. So recently, they were telling me the story again, or telling you for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but only one out of the three actually got taken to jail. Okay, so three guys. Three guys. All right. I, first of all, what are their what are their ethnicities? Well, let's, what, let's what's, go what's to their the nationalities here. Tell we me about had this. This is the 90s. one uh, Jewish boy, so he okay. was white. Okay, okay. We had a Korean okay. boy. Um, he was Korean, <laughs> and then we had a black kid. And uh, I think I know what happened. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Is you know what happened, yeah. and our system is definitely very, very, very far from yeah. perfect. And especially then, my friend that's black is the only one that got taken in handcuffs put in a police car and taken to jail while the other two got away with it with very, very little repercussions. What is this podcast about today? Because I really want to talk about systemic injustice, uh-huh. uh, racial injustice, but we'll, we'll just well, do that. That, that might be a different, that's, that's a different you episode. Wanna, you want that, put that in there. But Eric, yeah. what happens in the 90s when you get caught growing weed at school? Yeah, it's definitely a good question. Uh, turns out that less than 50 plants was a uh, felony, of course, uh, in prison, imprisonment up, up to five years and a $250,000 fine. And, wow. uh, and, and much of that has not changed uh, to this day. That's at the federal level. So. Okay, at the federal level. But yeah. I was reading this week that, you know, that federal level, there has been a decriminalization of some level mm-hmm. recently. Right, Eric? Do you that, have stats right. on that? I, I do. Uh, and it turns out it's just at the... the uh, uh, house level at right right now and and of course needs to go to senate which it'll it, there it, the, the story goes or what has been told lately uh, as of yet in the news is that it's going to die at the senate level okay yeah, gotcha. but what, there may be a de- decriminalization for marijuana or is that all drugs oh that's just marijuana okay so basically the conversation 
could get into this. Mm-hmm. Should Christians smoke weed? We get into what's legal and what's not legal. Because right. that's always been. And then the conversation could go to, man, if someone's someone, you know, gets arrested for a DUI, mm-hmm. which, you know, comparatively, alcohol and weed are 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 there's a lot of similarities. They're both sure. organic substances. Right. They're both habit forming potentially. They're both um, used for medi- uh, recreation, or they both require moderation on some <laughs> level, right? Yep. Um, so you 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 know you could get into a conversation of dude, how? Because when I in the when I was a kid, we used to wear these shirts that said "Dare." Yeah, right. <laughs> we used to have assemblies where we would go through a couple assemblies, and then at the end, we all got that shirt, which was. Dude, drugs were like the biggest fear right. of like my parents ever. Yeah. So like I, I and I don't let's I wonder what did your parents the, sorry to interrupt, but tell us what your parents did if you didn't do drugs. Like there was a whole journey that if you got to Oh my gosh, you my went parents through were high so, school. Yeah, they're like, right? We'll get you a car if you don't do drugs. Right. And they said we're gonna do a lie detector test though. To make <laughs> sure. My parents are like, and I will cut. get you we will get you a car. There's yeah. X number of value if you graduate from without having done drugs, yeah. right? Because this is Ronald Reagan era, right? Yeah. Which Nancy Reagan, the whole thing. Eric, I would love to know how the D.A.R.E. program worked out <laughs> because that was like, we're going hard on drugs. Like yeah. we're locking fools up for like, they're doing serious time. Like back to your story, it seems like your friends should have done serious time. Now, the thing is now we look at, you know, we look at, was that too hard on a generation? Mm. Did that even work? Right. Should people who smoking a little weed, should they be going to prison for this right. you know um so anyways i remember i, I was uh, at a skate park i was in ninth grade and i was hanging out with my friend who was definitely a drug user mm-hmm. okay and uh i remember we would go to his house and every single clock whether it was uh analog or whether it was electric electronic he had 420 set to every single clock you look at me like you don't know what 420 is. No, I know what 420 is. I'm just thinking, how do you do that on an analog clock? You know, you, you put the 4 and the 20. And oh, the, like one of those. Is that what it's called, an analog clock? Uh, Sure. You know, old know. school clock. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of the one with the here. red dots that like made yeah, the numbers. all those clocks said 420. Like, this dude was all about 420. <laughs> like, this guy at school was one of my closest friends. This school, uh, by the way, he's the guy who I got in a fight with. Oh, um, nice. That I told Your about Christian private school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it was a private school, not a rich Christian. <laughs> so, they, I mean, they would they would make pipes out of apples. They were smoking weed on the school campus. So, just like your school, people mm-hmm. were smoking weed. My school, people were smoking weed. Anyways, uh, I don't know where I was going with the story. Oh, oh, I was hanging out with him, and um, I my mom had dropped me off at a skate park, and we were sitting there. And there used to be these things back in the day where you'd put these things on your tongue, like these little like breath fresheners. I don't know if you remember oh, those. Oh yeah, those like what breath those strips, called? breath strips. Yeah, and you would drop them on your tongue. They're right? like listerine. And me things. and him were sitting in a skate park, and like he hands me one of those, and I. I do that and my mom saw me take that thing out of his hand have i told you this story before no but i just laughed because your mom used to follow you everywhere yeah yeah yeah, that was yeah. Awesome. let's not let's she's not a great throw, mom let's she's not throw mom. my mom under the bus no. right now okay she's but we best. should talk about my mom using cbd oil yeah we'll talk about that okay in a minute. okay so uh remind me of that if I I so my mom pulls the car up like bad boys bad boys what you gonna do <laughs> like pulls up onto the sidewalk and comes over and grabs me he's like what did you just put in your mouth? i'm like Mom, it's like minty fresh like drops. I'm not like dropping acid at the skate park. Anyways, all that to say is like drugs were like a huge deal right. back then. And I just wonder, Eric, you know, give us this. What is the what is the what is the you know how harmful is it for kids mm. to smoke weed? Like, what does that do to their brain? That might be something that we should talk about because if we're talking about if it's right or not, we guys should also talk about kids because i have a friend who's a pretty successful drug dealer uh his name is just kidding i'm not gonna say his <laughs> name but we've been friends since high school and i actually said did you want to you know you anyways he, his he you know he was talking to me about you know he gave me some you know some advice this is a, a, probably like when did i preach on this subject a couple years, years ago a couple years yeah. ago i talked about this subject to our church when it was becoming legal and you know you know he he told me he goes Listen, as much as I'm an advocate mm-hmm. for the legalization of marijuana, he goes, I still wouldn't let my kids, I still wouldn't let my kids smoke weed, you know, right. to a certain age. Because there's a development thing that happens in your brain. And I, I would be interested to know, someone can probably put this in the comments, like, you know, what what that does to your brain. But anyways, let's get back on track. Right. No, that, that's an important conversation. I think the criminalization of marijuana um they're obviously just like alcohol is an age limit, not limit, but yes, age limit. You can't drink alcohol before you're 21. Um, I don't know. Do you what the age is uh, for marijuana? 
because it is legal now in California. Um, I, I don't know if it's 18 or 21. Air Bear, do you got an answer for us <laughs> on that one? <laughs> yeah, you know, so uh, so I, I wanted to just come come back to you originally said that uh, what is the what are the effects on on kids, right? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the biggest one is uh, difficulty thinking and problem solving. So there's a reduction in just kind of cognitive uh, uh, or cognition, I guess you might call it. Uh, problems with memory and learning. I think that's like the number one, right? Like they, they always said, well, if you smoke weed, you know, you're going to lose like your memory. I remember right. hearing that a lot. Your uh, brain cells are going to die. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Kill yeah. That brain. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Yes! You remember those commercials? Yes! And they would have yes. like an egg and like, this is your brain. And then they would like fry it in a frying pan. Sh- <laughs> I don't know who paid for those commercials, but I'm still thinking about those today. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So, yep. hey, we off, we want to lead these conversations toward, mm-hmm. you know, what is what, you know, what do we have any, do we have any examples of Jesus smoking weed? Mm-hmm. Do we have anything in the scriptures about Jesus getting high? Right. Right. Come on, say it with me. Ain't no high like the most high. Justice, don't make these jokes. <laughs> All right. Um, we, we, you got jokes, babe. Yeah. We, we what, what, well, we do have yeah. stories about Jesus drinking alcohol. Right. Right. And though wine at the time of Jesus's day, some would argue was more diluted and all that kind of stuff. We do have religious leaders mm-hmm. uncomfortable with the fact that he eats and drinks with sinners. In fact, his first miracle in the Bible, mm-hmm. John chapter two, wedding at Cana, yeah. comes out the gate. His mom comes to him. We've got 180 gallons of, that's how much. That's a lot of alcohol. Yeah, 180 mm-hmm. gallons of water mm-hmm. that were in these ceremonial pots. And Jesus says, okay, mom, I'll solve your problem. You know, just a little context. For some reason, Jesus's mom was in charge of this wedding banquet. And for, you know, there not to be enough alcohol to run out of alcohol at a wedding banquet. These, these banquets would last like a week at a time. Tell me if I'm getting too nerdy on this. But, you know, you run out of alcohol, party's over, right. you know. And so for his mom to come to him, it's like, son, I need you to do something about this because it's going to make me look bad that I don't have enough alcohol for this party. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Right. So he basically does a favor to his mom. That's his first miracle looking out for shout out to mama's boys in the house he's like you know what mom <laughs> i got this you know first of all he's like mom it's not my time like this isn't the first miracle i want to do isn't what i want to you know? do mom but she's like well, just do it anyways so he goes to the servants and he says here are all these stone water jars you know fill them with water to the brim mm-hmm. and watch what happens they do that they obey jesus bam the master of ceremonies gets the first drink and what's he say Best wine I've ever had. Best alcohol I've ever tasted. He says this. Usually they bring out the good alcohol at the beginning of the party. Then at the end of the party, they bring out the worst alcohol. Because everyone's drunk already. The watered down alcohol. Right. You know, when everyone's had too much to drink. This is literally in the Bible. He goes, whoever brought this wine, this is the best wine I've ever tasted. It's like a showstopper. Right. It's like ding, 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 ding. Can we talk about this wine? Like everybody load up, right? So (laughs) Jesus literally did a miracle to keep a party going. Mm-hmm. And gave provided more alcohol for everybody. And so you got to be careful because there are conservative perspectives out there. That Christians shouldn't drink alcohol and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, listen, you got to put this in context here. That right. like the references to buy in the Bible to alcohol are about it being a blessing from the Lord more than it's about being, you know, a, 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 a hindrance or, a, or or something that would keep you from the Lord. It says in Ephesians chapter, I think it's five, mm-hmm. it says that, you know, um, that don't be foolish, don't get drunk on wine, right? Right, but it says it says be drunk, be be full of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Don't be foolish, don't be drunk on wine. Here's the thing: Jesus may have turned a bunch of water into wine, but nobody ever carried Jesus out of a party for drinking too much either, right? You know what I mean? So, so he knew that moderation, and I wonder if that's where this conversation should go too, because how much weed is too much weed? You know, how much is there a way for Christians to smoke a little bit of weed? And that brings us to the conversation of THC mm-hmm. versus CBD. Right. And I I don't have my computer in front of me, but I mean, I remember researching this and talking about this a long time ago. Do you know the difference? Um, I think you can explain it a little bit better than I can. So I'm going to leave that to you. Okay. So what do you know about CBD? Um, CBD is used from what I understand uh, a on lot. On dogs? <laughs> on dogs. We need some for our puppy. <laughs> we don't have some, but I need to go to the store after this. Um, Shout but out to my sister. <laughs> she's like, I got some CBD oil for Mojo. <laughs> yes, we'll uh, we'll take it. Um, I think uh, medicinally it uh, is proven to help a lot of people with pain and chronic um, 
you know, terminal diseases to help alleviate some of the pain that they're going on. But that, and correct me if I'm wrong, the THC is actually what people can get addicted to and that's not found in CBD. Is that correct? I don't know. Yeah, the THC is the psychedelic side of it. Okay. And so when you look at strains of marijuana, uh, you look at how much THC versus Mm -hmm. how much CBD. Gotcha. Right? So like, and you could have 99 to 1 or 1 to 99 from what I understand. So you can have whatever in that strain. So like my mom, and she's okay with me, me, me saying this. And, and if you want to know why I know so much about this already is because I had to research this a long time ago for a talk I gave. We had like a text in thing at, co- at church, like ask any question. And I was able to, so anyways, my mom, she said she was okay with me sharing this story, but, um, you know, you know, she has MS mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease, right. right. And she losing vision in one eye and she'll have episodes right. where her hands will right. clench up. Well, she's in constant pain. I mm-hmm. mean, she does a really good job of trying to hide that. But yeah. I think every day of her life, there her muscles are yeah. in ex, you know really terrible pain. So she can't text me back right. with her hands. She can't open them, right? And from what I understand, CBD is a gift to people with these situations and these struggles mm-hmm. as a way to maybe relax or help with nerves or something like that. And so this is, this is an extract from, this is actually from a plant mm-hmm. similar to like malaria, right. right? The number one cure for malaria, right? Shout out to my friend, Justin, who's yes. in Papua New Guinea Papua right New now. Guinea. And he has been there for 11 years in the jungles of Papua New Guinea, translating the Bible into talk pigeon, some dialect that is not known to this people group, right? This dude's a hero. He's a yep. legend. Him and Lauren, okay. shout out. Yeah. And their kids. the Reese family. And he's gotten malaria multiple times. Right. <laughs> like, nine times. Like, yeah, something yeah. like nine times. And the cure for malaria is an extract from a bark yeah, off a certain tree. I was going to say it's a tree. bark on, on, yeah. off a tree. And so this is the thing. is This is where medicine comes from. It comes from plants, right? right. So a lot of times. So you got this conversation, which is like, hey, did God give us these plants? Like, if God gave us marijuana, should why would we make this off limits? Right. Which is similar to if God gave us, like, the, uh, the, the poison off of a frog <laughs> that we can also eat and, psych- you know... Uh, shrooms and all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing, DMT. So how do we, how do we navigate? What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on someone saying, I use drugs to connect to God because God gave them to me? Um, that's a great conversation. It's a big conversation. I think I'm a Christian. I smoke weed and I read the Bible. I'm a Christian. I smoke weed before I go to church because I get out more out of the sermon. Right. Um, those are great questions. Um, it's a big conversation. I think, uh, just because, something has been put on this earth, does it mean that it's beneficial for my life? Just because it's natural, um, we can go a different route. Let's for one second go to just because it feels good, is it beneficial for my life? Like if we're talking about um, anything, right? Just because it's here, it's natural, um, is it beneficial? That, that, That to me is the bigger question or the underlying question to your question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just because God made it good doesn't mean we can't twist it or corrupt it. I mean, there's a lot of things that God made good that man has just jacked up. Totally. Awful. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I do hear that a lot, you know, that, that people use drugs to try to connect with God. And, you know, I think what people don't understand is that that really is the very essence of witchcraft. Mm. I mean, that's what witchcraft witchcraft is. So, like, my friend Matt Brown, pastors uh, Sandals Church, a good friend of ours. We love you, Matt. Yeah, just one of the smartest guys around. And he taught me that the word for witchcraft, I'm not kidding, in Greek, Mm -hmm. is the word pharmakia. Pharmakia is the word witchcraft. And I'm guessing that's where we get the word pharmacy from. Yes, yes. And so when you use drugs to try to connect with God— you're getting into the area of witchcraft. Wow. I know people listening to you right now is like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Here's what I do know what I'm talking about. God has made a way for you to connect with him. Yes. Jesus. Yes, come on, preach. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And so I just wonder how many people out there, you're getting like this sloppy, lousy version of trying to connect to God. Mm. Like I can tell you that the Holy Spirit 
and that Jesus, a relationship with him, connecting with God, is going to be a much more effective and true, the true to your design way God has made possible for you so to know good. your creator. Yeah. You don't have to use creation to connect your creator. You can right. use you can use your relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, uh, I mean, a big question is, can you use drugs to connect with God? And I think you wind up, if you w- do that, you need to be careful that you're not bypassing the way God's designed you to connect with him because you're never going to get the fullness of a relationship with God right. without without the way he's designed for you to know him. Right. right. Well, my friends that aren't followers of Jesus, um, which that, is a lot of people, which is a lot of people yeah. listening to this podcast and a lot of people in my life. Yeah. Um, would say I, I have personal friends that would say that they cannot function without the use yeah. of marijuana on a continual daily basis. Yeah, my friend said can't sleep. Can't sleep, can't work, yep. can't think. They're more uh, artistic. Mm-hmm. They're more creative 100%. Uh, when they are using marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, Ian, talk about that a little bit. Like, what are, when I say that, what well, are you? I was what, thinking what of my friends thoughts? are like, I'm not going to hit the 405 without smoking a bowl. There's no way I'm going to put myself <laughs> locked in a car. You know what I mean? And do that the freeway. Right. Do you have any friends that use drugs a lot? And like, that's her story. I do have a friend like that. I, I love her dearly. Um, we probably hang out about twice a week or sorry, not twice a week, twice a month. And oh, she's a good friend. Then. Uh, she is a good friend. We've been hanging out for a couple of years now. And don't say your name. I, I don't know where the story's I going. Will, <laughs> I will not say her name. Um, but I, I love her so dearly. And uh, I remember when we've we first became friends. Uh, I didn't, you know, it, it was like a slow friendship, right? Mm-hmm. Like we just spent some time together and like little by little, we would both like divulge more about our lives yeah. to one another. She and doesn't go to our church. She doesn't go to our church. Um, she actually didn't even know we were pastors yeah. for a, a while. I Which tried is to a keep great that way for us wraps. to become friends yeah, with people. Cause, cause the moment we say, we say that, we're pastors is just like, it ruins everything. Everybody stops cussing. And they <laughs> swallow <laughs> they go, their cigarettes. Oh, sorry. Mm, sorry. So, Finally, one day I told her and she was like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? No way. I don't believe it. You're not old. You're not white. You're not a dude. Like you're not a pastor. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm maybe not any of those things, but I'm a pastor. And, and I remember instantly like kind of not a wall going up, but you could tell like all of a sudden she was like embarrassed or like there was like she didn't want me to know any more about that part of her life, and um, we've since you know I th- we, we've had so many conversations about faith and God, and I've gotten to pray for her. Anyways, what's the deal with her drugs? It's she just she can't function without them. And she told you that, yeah. And she, I don't think she um, necessarily likes that. That's her story. Yeah. Um, but that definitely is her story, and it would to her seem impossible to get away from that. What advice would you give her then? I mean, I'm sure you guys have already had this conversation, but maybe somebody else is listening right now and they're like, that's me. Like, I don't want to have to smoke weed to go to sleep. Right. What's your advice? Think of a scripture. That's the only truth we got. Right. Um, I feel like in conversations she's told me she's burdened by the, the need to have to smoke weed to function. Yeah. And I just think of the scripture, come to me, all of you who are weary yeah. and heavy laden, yeah. and I will give you rest, that's rest good. that is good for your soul. That's good. And that's Jesus. Yeah. I mean. Jesus uh, promises that. The answer is Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finding him, being with him, um, finding him as the source of everything that you need in this yeah, life. Yeah, if you're listening and you're anxious, which you're worried about your future. Right. And you have never cried out to God and said, I'll take you up on that promise. Mm-hmm. Try him. Mm. He says he'll give you rest. He also says, peace I have and peace I give to you. Peace right. that the world cannot give, but only I can give. Those are promises. Yeah. Kind of makes me think about alcohol. Yep. While you're talking about that story, like there's a lot of my friends who they can't go to a party, you know, they can't go to a kickback. They can't, you know, they need a little liquid courage. I haven't heard the word kickback in quite <laughs> <laughs> They can't go scam at a with their girlfriend at a kickback. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I remember like I was driving home from work one time and I don't know how long ago this is. This is probably close to 10 years ago, maybe eight years ago. And I was coming home from, from work and there was a lot going on in our life. And I was talking to my friend on the phone and I said, man, it's just been one of those days. I was like, I need a drink, (laughs) you know? And 
I never was somebody that kept alcohol like at our house or anything in the fridge that I remember. But, you know, I'd have a drink with my friends. And I'm driving home and I say that on the phone. Mm -hmm. And then I get a phone call from the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like, ring, ring. And I was like, hello. And he's like, do you now? That's what you need? You need a drink? Like, I remember this, I remember this immediate, like, voice uh, sense from right. God. Just like, is that what you need? Your day has been so hard and so stressful that you need to go pick up some beers on the way home? Wow. And so when you were telling me that story about I will come to me, mm -hmm. all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Rest is good for your soul. My soul needed rest, not just my body. I mean, I had an emotional day. I had a lot going on. I can't remember what it was, but I was one of those days. And Jesus was like, dude, this is me. Like, right. this is the point, you know? And um, I remember thinking, dude, like, that's kind of a heartbreaking thing probably for God to hear that I would, he would, I would choose something, run to else something else to, to find rest or to right. find peace or to medicate, you know, I just wonder how many people out there who can relate to that story. And I remember it was like, I remember it was like January 1st and I was actually in this office right here. I've had this office for 10 years and here I was and I was, I was life journaling before, mm -hmm. before, and, 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 and I read in, in the story of John the Baptist and how he didn't drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I told you about Jesus, how he did drink alcohol. Probably because Jesus knew how to live in moderation and your boy doesn't know how to live in moderation. <laughs> like I get addicted to things and I'm like, you know, I'll find one flavor of frozen yogurt that I like. And I'm like, we're going every day this week. Uh, what's your current uh, interest? Oh, tennis. Yep. Tennis. Yeah, suddenly I'm into tennis. Every day. Yeah. Three times a day. Can we play tennis? Yeah, Can we yeah. play tennis? Can we yeah. play tennis right yeah. now? Yeah. You want to play tennis? Let's yeah. go get a lesson. Let's Please play don't tennis. Mock me. Please okay. don't mock Sorry. me. Sorry. Okay. Back all to right. you. Anyways, I have challenges <laughs> in my life. I have challenges in my life. All right. I'll we're, find we're one thing that I like. We're in. Right. We're in. We're Never all had in. a struggle with alcohol addiction though, but I just, you know, I was in that moment and I was reading the, the thing in the, in, in, in the Bible and, the, and, and John the Baptist didn't, uh, didn't have any alcohol at all. And it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit yeah. instead. He's the only person that I know of in the Bible that's filled with the Holy Spirit before he's even born. This guy right. had a relationship with God. And I wrote down Jesus if he didn't have alcohol and instead had the Holy Spirit, more of him. I was like, what if I didn't drink alcohol? What, was there even a chance, I wish I could find this journal entry, that I could have 1% more of a relationship with <laughs> okay. you mm -hmm. as a result? And I, I just simply decided that day to stop drinking alcohol, and I haven't had any alcohol that I know of since. Maybe I did like a one-year fast, and then I stopped after that. But I like, don't remember. It's been a long time. But then, yeah, there it is. So... Yeah, and then it's been... Well, that's a great segue into a conversation about like black and white and gray areas, yeah. right? Because I think so many times it would just be so much easier if everything was black and white, yeah. right? Like right, wrong, left, right. Those are concrete. But, but the reality is our life is not black and white. Maybe in our youth, like our childhood, things can be black and white, right? Yeah. Um, but as we grow and as we mature and as we age, I think there's so many times where it's like, man, what's the right thing to do? You may be listening to this and you may be Googled or searched this in YouTube because you want to know what the right thing to do is. And right and wrong, like you said, is good for kids. Yeah, it's so We good. got kids. They mm -hmm. need to know, hey, don't touch the frying pan. It's hot. Right. Why? <laughs> just don't do it because dad says so right as you get older even in your spiritual life right right so the mm -hmm. bible says that we're born again so we started we start at like a baby age yeah right there's baby christians we call them right so as we get older god wants us not just to do things just because he said so he wants us to understand his heart right he wants us to understand why and we need to get to the place where it's like oh i know not to touch the frying pan because it's not just because it's hot but because other people might need to me to teach them how to cook, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, so you gotta, you gotta mature. And, um, I don't know if we're, we're I mean, no, gray, gray areas, right, gray areas. And so I think it's in the gray areas where we, um, have a deeper relationship with God. Like your story said, like, was it wrong for you to drink alcohol? That's no. a flat that no, but not. it was a, a black and white area. I would say this though. I remember one time I had a beer, uh -huh. a beer, and I was putting my son down to sleep, mm -hmm. and he was four right. at the time, maybe three, and I was kissing him goodnight, and he smelled my breath. Mm -hmm. Have I told you this story? Yeah, I and remember it. And he goes, it. Dad, you drank something wrong. <laughs> and I was like, I whoa. Think he said bad. Yeah, you drank something bad. bad. Uh -huh. Not you drank something gross. Right. Not you or drank something yucky. Gross, yucky. Yeah, like right. what you did was wrong. And I was like, woo. 
out of the mouth of babes. <laughs> so I was like, man, that's interesting that at a young, just pure, innocent place. Where he knew nothing really yeah. about alcohol yeah, yeah. at all. He probably didn't yeah. even know what it was. Yeah. Um, probably the reason why I didn't drink alcohol a lot was because I was a youth pastor and I didn't want to be a bad example for people. Right. And probably the reason why I didn't drink alcohol a lot, even as a senior pastor, is because we have so many people in recovery at our church. It's like, why even? So right. anyways, that's another conversation. But yeah, right. gray areas. I think gray areas. I'm not areas, here to shame anybody for drinking alcohol. Right. Like, like let me just circle back around. Yeah. I was just th- thinking I could fast from alcohol, maybe know more of God and right. get more of his rest. And as a result, I used to say all the time, I don't know if you remember this, I used to say all the time, I'm not the guy who says he always hears from God. Right. Remember? I used you to say that for say, years. I, mean, you, I used to tell people, like, I, I heard from God. But, you know, I heard from God. It's not like I, I hear from God all the time. But ever since I started fasting alcohol, I feel like the voice of God has been louder and clearer wow. to me as a result. And that was, like, 2000, probably 13, 14, 15, something like that. Mm-hmm. And here I am. I don't think about it anymore. But I do have a definite change in my intimacy my relationship with God as a result of a fast but you know fasting is a part of my life I love to abstain from things that I enjoy as a way to encourage me to pursue God I mean that's just a spiritual discipline but I don't know if I've ever heard people talk about fasting alcohol but that was my that was your journey but anyways gray areas gray areas no I think just like your story would further this point of gray areas right about marijuana or alcohol is Is marijuana a gray area is marijuana a gray area is it I think the conversation years back, um, it was a black and white because it was illegal. Right, right, right. Right? So when it was illegal, whatever year that was, it was just like, oh, it's illegal, so it's black and white. Right. Now that it it is legalized, I mean, I don't know if people come up to you all the time and ask. They come up to me often to say, like, is it wrong? Because they grew up with it being wrong. And now that it's legal, it's a different conversation. It feels like a great area. And I think. Will, our, will, will our kids grow up with that stigma on marijuana or will they see it like the same as alcohol? Right. You know, it probably, I think it's kind of uh, so many, so much of our life is how we were conditioned. So we grew up dare. This is your brain yeah. on drugs. Yeah, drugs yeah, 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 yeah. are bad. Drugs yeah. are evil. Drugs will destroy your life. Like yeah. that was the message that was put into our heads. Our kids are growing up in a world where marijuana at least is legal. And so it might be completely different for them. But the people that are coming to us, I think, grew up with it being illegal. And so it is a gray area. All I wanted to say about gray areas is I feel like gray areas is just an opportunity to seek more of Jesus, to know God more. It's to um, ask the Holy Spirit who's at work in your life if you're a believer in Jesus for answers. It's I think when you're younger in the Lord, uh, younger following Jesus, I'll say that way, you're like black or white, black or white. Right. And you're making these radical choices. Right. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this instead. And as a result of those choices from your own free will, mm-hmm. you're choosing more of God. Yeah. You run out eventually of black and white. Right. You run out. Mm-hmm. Like, should I be watching that show? Should I be dating that person? Should I be like you, you get into gray areas and suddenly people go, well, I missed those opportunities to be close to God based on that, that surrender of mm-hmm. my, of you know, and then that's when you got to look at the gray areas of your life. You want more of God, you're growing. Right. right? So the things people don't realize is that obedience is learned. Yeah. Right. So like in a few, uh, in Hebrews five, it says even the son of God himself learned obedience. Right. It says he learned it through suffering, but we learn it through suffering, but also different ways. Like my son, you know, I could go into his room. He shares a, he shares a, a bunk bed and a, a, a room with his brother. And I could be like, Hey, before we go, I need you to uh, clean. They're your both room. your sons, by the way. They're both my sons. Yes. <laughs> in case they ever listen your to this. Your son and his brother. <laughs> <laughs> your son and my son are sharing a room and they're in a bunk bed. Right. Uh, no, he, he says, I say, hey, clean your room before we leave. And he could be in a hurry, throw all of his, you know, clothes under the bed, throw it right. in the closet, you know. And I walk in there and I go, oh, the room's clean. Right. You, you obeyed. Mm-hmm. Great job. Let's go. Let's go get ice cream, whatever I promised. Right. But that doesn't mean, you know, he obeyed, obeyed. Right. Like he could have organized his clothes or he could have not shoved it all in the, you know, he could have right. vacuumed. It's not that he didn't obey. 
It's that the way he listened to me as his father and responded, mm -hmm. that was, I'm trying to teach him to be a steward in, in, of the things that he has and to take good care of things. And so when he learns my heart, the way he obeys is differently. Right. So when we learn That's God's so heart, we obey differently. Yeah. And you learn obedience. You grow in obedience. And that's the areas that aren't black and white. Right. Right? That's the areas. That's that, that's beyond the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Now we're over here like, hey, how do I how do I give God more of my heart? Right. And when you do that, you're in the gray areas. There's a great verse in Corinthians that says, whether you're eating or whether you're drinking, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Yeah. Because there was a gray area for that church because right. people were sacrificing food to these idols, these pagan gods. Mm -hmm. And then they were having these feasts afterward with the food that was sacrificed. And one conversation is, why were we eating food that was dedicated to this this God, you know, this Greek God. And the other one's like, well, why are we going to waste food? So it's like a gray <laughs> area, right? There's a time Jesus is walking through the fields with his disciple and disciples. And there's an area there on that was in Jewish law where they weren't supposed to cut the edges of the, of the grain fields off because mm -hmm. that was left on purpose for people that were impoverished who didn't have enough. And they, th it was literally built into the law to leave part of the grain for people who didn't have enough for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're walking through and there's this free section where anybody could eat from and his disciples are grabbing it and they're eating it or whatever and the religious leaders are like hey they shouldn't be doing that on a on a, on a sabbath on a you know sabbath. what i mean because you're not supposed to be harvesting on the sabbath and then jesus is like are you kidding me like that's not what that law is about right. like learn god's heart that you know that may be a, a, a gray area but in that particular scene it's like dude learn whether you do it or you don't do it we got to get to god's parenting heart behind right. helping us as his children and when you can get there, that's when your relationship with the voice of God comes alive. Yeah, because it's there, you may be watching this right now, and you're like, "Oh, you know, I, I smoke weed to go to sleep, or I'm using weed for this or whatever." And maybe it's not wrong for you. You know what? Maybe it's not wrong for you. Drinking wouldn't be wrong for me. You know, maybe it's not wrong. But at the end of the day, don't you want a relationship with God where He reveals to you? what he's doing in you mm -hmm. so that you can make a decision based on how do you draw closer to him or not, whether right. eating or drinking, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Right. Because it's in those times of gray areas that God gets the most worship because yep. God gets the most of your heart. Right. So I say, look for the gray areas, find ways to give up things or yeah. to pursue things or to meet God in areas that are not in the black and white. Right. If you go into the gray areas, you might get more of God than you would mm -hmm. if you just played played it like a I know for myself when I can give up something that isn't even a bad thing it's it could be a a thing that's good in my life or a thing that's just a, a day-to-day -day thing but I can give that up or that time yeah, up yeah. to spend more time with God to seek God in a different way or a new way I'm never disappointed um, whether it's Maria, leave your phone in the car when you go with your family somewhere so you're not distracted or your mind's not on totally. work. Um, I have a better quality of time with my family when I push There's something else There's a word for aside. that when you give something <laughs> up to worship God. What's that called? Oh, yeah, sacrifice. sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, people listening to this, you're new to following Jesus or you're not following Jesus at all. You're like, you guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. <laughs> so I'll say this to you. What if I told you that following Jesus and knowing God was more than just knowing how to love people, but knowing how to experience God's love as well. Mm. What if, what if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't want to be like your friend or my friend that has to smoke weed to get rest. Right? right. You know, I would just, I would say this, the love of God, knowing the love of God, not about him, but knowing him is transformative. Yeah. So, when you know the love of God, it's unlike any other relationship. You meet God and he changes you. Yeah. If you have an encounter with God, you'll never be the same again, period. Yeah. So when people I know are still hung up on their sin or they're still hung up on their habits that they, you know, like needing to smoke weed or whatever it is, like, man, you, you, there's a great scripture it says about like, you don't want anything to be the master of you other than the master himself. Right. And so you meet God, he's going to transform you. If you, if you tell me you're a Christian, but you're still struggling with some, some highly destructive lifestyle things, mm -hmm. take, take, right. take weed out of this, right? Or some things that are hurting you or hurting others, right? I'm going to push back on, have you really, have you really met the Jesus that I know? Because mm. the Jesus that I know, his love is transformative. 
he breaks those chains off you. He sets you free, right? So, so a relationship with God leads to more freedom, not more rules, more freedoms. And some of you just need to put some boundaries in your life, you know, uh, to help you. Like I, I, I know that when I, you know what I'm talking about, when, I, when we got a trampoline, remember when we got a trampoline? <laughs> oh, totally. And, um, uh, you know, I grew up with a trampoline. Come on, who, in the comments, somebody tell me you grew up with a trampoline without a net around it. <laughs> come on, dude. You buy trampolines, they all come with these nets that go around the outside, which I'm, I'm like. Which insurance companies love. That's probably why the only, <laughs> only way that they're allowed to sell them, right? So I'm putting my, 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 because my, why did you have friends that got injured on uh, your trampoline? I had multiple friends. I had a friend <laughs> fall off, break his nose. I had a friend break his ankle, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. You I never, never got did. hurt because trampolines are simple. You just jump in the middle, just jump in the middle and you're going to be okay. Anyways. So, uh, so you need a really big <laughs> trampoline so you can enjoy the middle. I like where you're going with this. Okay. All right. So I put together the trampoline for our kids. This is a hundred years ago. This is, a long time. I We've mean, had trampoline like, every day of their life. I feel like, yeah. And so years. you're you're like, are you going to put the net up? And I'm like, I'm not going to put the net up. I'm going to have some Nancy pants, weak sauce. The Coleman's nets. don't do net. Yeah, no, my kids are going to learn how to jump on a real trampoline. What the heck? So, anyways, I lost that fight. I put no, the, no, no. You you won it for the first few years, first four years when we I just did? had one kid. Oh, this is true. And then we moved. Yeah. And, and you then, said this time. And then we had more children. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a new trampoline. And we had a new trampoline. Because the trampoline broke. Yep. ripped. And so when we got the second trampoline, I said, there's a baby that's crawling around that could crawl off the nah, side of it. I remember. That's when the net came on. Yeah. And go ahead. So what I noticed when I finally put the net up and all the kids were jumping on it, they were actually jumping not just in the middle but they were jumping on the edges and they were mm. bouncing all around. And, you know, if they started to fall off, they just put their hand on the net and they pulled themselves back up. And I just remember having this moment like now that there's a boundary around the trampoline, my kids are using more of the trampoline and having I, arguably I more say, fun. They were having way more fun. They were yeah. trying more th- tricks. Less they were landing more off. flips. They uh, were having the time of their lives, yeah. not just jumping up and down in the middle, but man, like, uh, I'm not a wrestling person, but you know, WWE, is yeah, that what it's WWF called? WWF for our oh, generation. Oh, sorry. WWF yes. for yeah. our generation. You know what I mean? Just like slamming against yeah, yeah, yeah. just so much more fun. Now so we much. don't have the net up anymore. It and ripped. They've, they've never gotten hurt. Right. But right. they learned how to use the trampoline first with the boundary. Right. And I think that the Holy Spirit would speak to somebody listening to this. That's mm-hmm. like maybe maybe the drugs, you know, maybe the alcohol, maybe whatever it is. Maybe it's the the way you're swiping on Tinder. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe it's the way you're swiping your credit card. Maybe it's the way you're swiping your credit yeah. card. Maybe it's the way you're spending your money. Right. Like at the end of the day, these are gray areas. Greed is kind of a gray area. Alcohol, weed can kind of be a gray area. Right. Dating can be a gray area. These are things that I think anybody would agree. You go too hard on any of those things. And you're going to damage your life and you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt others. And the Lord doesn't want to come in and put you in a prison, but he does want to maybe offer some boundaries for you to learn how to live a lifestyle that is for your benefit so that you enjoy the most of what life has for you. And if you're like me and you just need to give up some things for a while and create a boundary with some things, Hey, self-impose that, you know, do that for your own good and say, God, Hey, I'm not going to do this for you know, some of you guys, 420 is coming up. <laughs> what if 420 was the last day you smoked weed? Or what if you said this 420 is the, is my up. anniversary and I'm not going to smoke? I remember my yeah. 21st birthday. I remember my 21st birthday. I remember I, your 21st I, birthday. I, I just gave my life to Christ when I was like a few weeks, a month before that maybe. Yeah. And we were at the bar and there's all these people there and they passed me a shot, right? And I'm like, guys, I'm following Jesus now. <laughs> and everyone's just like, uh, and I was hand it to my friend and they're like oh yeah and like i remember honor. my 21st birthday looking on that first time that i that i went away from from that party kind of lifestyle and so yeah man i maybe you're listening to this and you're just you, you know you search this online or whatever and you're like can i still smoke weed if i'm a christian and i think that god would want you to know god has a great life for you that he wants you to thrive and he doesn't want you to be dependent on things he doesn't want you to have to self-medicate with something right. other than knowing him he wants you to have rest he wants you to have peace he doesn't want you to have anxiety 
-hmm. but ultimately he has designed you to be fulfilled and to find those things in him. And whenever we add things to the equation, we miss the transformative power of a relationship with God, whether you're eating or whether you're drinking, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Because those gray areas are when you know you're maturing, you know, you're really growing closer to him when you actually desire those things. I think it's Psalms, Psalm 139, I don't know. 137. Eric, can you fact check us? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That when we, when we delight ourselves in the way of God, he will give us the desires of our heart. Mm -hmm. And what you will find is not that he will give you the desires that your heart already has, but he'll give you a heart that desires new things. Right. So you'll find yourself being changed by the love of God and not wanting some of these things and wanting to experiment with more of God rather than more of whatever Something substance else, right. or what it is. So, hey, we talked about a lot of things. Yeah, we did. I don't know how many minutes it's been, but. Neither do I. We talked about the feds, mm-hmm. right, coming in and decriminalizing marijuana. What that? What does that mean for if it's right or wrong? We talked about medicinal use. Medicinal use. We talked about. Effects on kids, yep. brains. Mm-hmm. I'm not Development, an on that. right? Yeah. We talked about gray areas. Yeah. Um, so maybe you're, you're here, and maybe you, maybe this is a question that what would you what would you leave with people who are? I think I would just piggyback what you were saying. One thing that I know we try to a question we ask ourselves to make any decision in our life, and we're trying to teach our kids to do the same thing. Is like, what I'm doing is this bringing honor to God, and then if you've got multiple scenarios, multiple um, options, like what option brings God the most glory? Yeah. Because it's, I think when you bring God the most glory is when you get to see his glory and you know more. And you get your head into toward purpose in life. Yeah. Yeah. First, my favorite verses First Corinthians 420. <laughs> Shout out to 420. Shout out to First Corinthians Here's 420. You can remember this 420 verse. Okay, Remember guys? this on 420. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, mm. but it's a matter of power. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, there's a, I think it's first Timothy chapter three, where it says that in the end times, right. In these days that we're in like today, that people will, they will have a form of godliness, mm. a form of godliness, right. But deny its power. And when you know God, he sets you free of addictions he, said he takes away desires that are unhealthy or helps you overcome desires that are unhealthy. You are a different person yeah. with a relationship with God. And um, I would just pray that anybody watching or listening to this who is searching that question, you probably searched it because God's talking to you. Yeah, He's probably saying, hey, I got some, some I want to take you to new heights. I want you to level up. <laughs> and so there's some things I want to trust you with. So mm-hmm. as God usually trusts us with stuff, it usually comes at the other end of us trusting him with stuff. It's good. So... All right, episode two in, in the, the books. books. What do you guys need Jeez. to hear next week? Let us know. In the comments. New comments dropping, new uh, videos dropping every Wednesday. See you next week.